Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Came in at one nil half time, and so Alex went mad. Hair dryer in my face. You're off. I thought my world's over, life's over. We're never gonna play football again. Because yeah. imagine we all watched it at home that Chelsea game, and I don't know, it wouldn't have been the same. And then you come in the next morning, the training ground, like, oh my god, like no. But thankfully, Jamie sent out a text to everyone, and um, you know, a Jamie Vardy party as it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two one down. Minute to go, Schluck gets a penalty, and Leo Ejoa puts it away 2-2, and that's when I felt like, yeah, this is this is this is this is our time now. Even you know that is, I think we've won it. He wanted to play Champions League. He's getting dropped. I got dropped for a Champions League, the first Champions League game. I'm fuming. He played. He played Luis Hernandez. I'm sat there thinking, well, I've just you know spent all last season, you know, working my socks off to play in the Champions League. First Champions League game, I ain't playing. Mm. Now, the Jamie Carragher thing, to be fair, was a bit of banner. Um, <laughs> mine, he says I'm the worst one. Well, at least I still got that medal. Do you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> and this little man Ricardo, who I'm friends with. <laughs> what a player. I'm looking at him, I'm thinking. Mm, it's a bit political <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Beautiful Game podcast. It's not every day that you get to speak to, you know, a Premier League champion. So when this one was confirmed, oh, I was cartwheeling in the living room, bro. <laughs> it's mad, it's mad. Yeah, so without further ado, you know, I'm going to introduce our guest. Currently at Huddersfield, a Premier League champion. He's had spells at Sunderland, Newcastle, Ipswich, even gone abroad to, you know, Royal Antwerp and playing for the famous Manchester United. Welcome to the podcast, Danny Simpson. Welcome, 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 welcome. On, bro. 
Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, we're blessed. We can't um... get you on for a minute, but obviously we're yeah. happy to finally get it done. Yeah, yeah. Now today's my day off, isn't it? From obviously everyone back at training now. So, um, yeah. So obviously today was um, our rest day, mm. um, which was needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said there's no problem to come on today. So just to you know, we're talking about Huddersfield now. So just to kick things off, are you? happy to return to football to be honest i am like you know it's you know we miss football and but again like everyone like other people are saying it's it's obviously we was anxious i think it was more about through the through the couple of months it was more about not knowing and not knowing and, and things getting put back and put back and you know, having to train alone and it was more about, like, we're used to routine. Mm. Um, literally, from leaving school to, you know, if you make it to the first team or whatever team, it's, oh, we've got this game this week. This is just this week. That's your day off. You know, we're travelling on this day. Um, even even when it comes down to, like, your summer holidays, you get six weeks off and ev- everyone will plan, I'm going to go there this week, a few days here, there that week. Um, and it's literally, we're not used to just doing nothing <laughs> yeah um, and again I think for me it was just a bit, of, uh, a bit of anxiety of not knowing you know the day we're back in how it's going to work um, to be honest since since uh, we've gone back it's it's worked perfect and um, you know it's good to see all the boys again and I'm only training in groups of five at the moment but like I said it's it's good to get working with with the lads instead of obviously just doing stuff on your own, which we were getting told to do. Yeah. So how has this period, you know, been for you? Because we've seen a lot of players come out recently. Troy Dini has come out and said that he doesn't feel it's appropriate to go back to training, even though as we stand, he's saying that he'll be going back to training next week. N'Golo Kante is another one that said that there's a major risk to BAME. And I think he's already got a pre-existing condition, which he feels, you know, this COVID will have an impact on. Have you been reticent to go back to training or are you just happy to be part of the group again? Um, no, listen, I, I understand, you know, everyone, you know, everyone's an individual. Um, and, you know, if players feel that, that, that way, then you've got to respect them. Um, you know, you just mentioned two players there, and obviously I know Angolo you know, really well. And you know, Angolo for me, he's one of the, the most professional players I've ever seen. So you know, and I think Chelsea will know that as well. So me knowing him, um, you know, you have to respect his decision. And um, for me, you know, he loves football more than anyone. Like right? it's his life. Um, so he must be missing it just as much as anyone. So for him to say that, you know, it must be. You know, um, you know, it must mean a, a lot to him to, to, you know, to look after his health. For me personally, you know, I've missed it, and um, I said it, it's it's been my life. And for me, um, you know, I can't put myself. I'm not in Angolo's shoes, and you know, and and and, and the, the condition that he he's you know spoke about. But for me, it was more about how it was going to work, and from day one going in, and 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 the way the club have. Um, I've obviously listened to the EFL uh, and the conditions, and um, you know everything gets wiped down. You know we, we go in; it's you know the, we warm up on the bikes, we're two meters away from each other. You know we're, we're doing circuit training, you know, and it's literally all in your own stations. 
Um, so yeah, no, and, and you know, and then it comes as we're finishing, and it's literally finished training. The only difference is, you know, I know we say it's like little things where you finish training, you go in, you get an ice bath, you get a massage, you know, you, you shower, you know, you and then you get lunch. Whereas it now it's, you know, get in your car and leave. Um, so that that's been that, that's new for everyone, but again, it's it's just nice to get back on the grass and. And, and do a bit of work and phase one for me has, has gone pretty well and you know obviously now we're waiting on you know contact and how phase two is going to work I think just to go back to Dej's um, original point where he said you know Angola Conte um, Tridini have been reticent to return to training has there been anyone in the Huddersfield camp that has raised concerns with the manager or yourself because you're a senior player what do they feel that like they have to return to training because if they don't, they're going to let the team down. So how do they manage that dynamic? Um, I think um, the only issue that, that, that um, in our, our squad was more about the dates getting moved. And I think it was going to be the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it was going to be the 19th. Then it got, and then but on the seventeenth it got moved to the twenty sixth or something like that. I oh, know it's going to be the sixteenth. Then on the fourteenth, two days before the sixteenth, we're getting told it's going to be the twenty fifth, twenty sixth. You know, and for for some players that were, you know, isolating with the families in London, you know, um, you're giving up. You're anxious, ready to come back, and two days before you think you're going to come back and maybe pack your stuff leave your family, come up to your apartment and self-isolate alone to start training and then to get told, oh, it's another week. It was more about um, people getting a bit anxious and not knowing, um, you know, do I pack, do I leave my family and then do, is the date going to get changed again? Um, so that, I think, was the only real issue um, for players that, like I said, that maybe live in London and have to come up. Um, whereas some more, for more like the local lads, you know, they were able to maybe yield in a, in a, a, a Huddersfield because um, they lived five minutes down the road. Um, and as long as they were, you know, it was safe and they were isolating. You know, I was using a field that's like two minutes from my house. Um, and, you know, it was quite a big field. And I knew that that morning I heard Johnny Evans was on there. Then yeah. as I'm going on, I've seen, I've seen uh, Nemanja Matic on there. Wow. Martial, Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> you know, because you know, I didn't even know this field was even around the corner from my house. Wow! wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, it's like a, it's a school, and then they've got their own separate pitches. Um, but again, even when I saw them players, everyone was respecting um the situation, and you know, I was on one pitch, and I saw, like I said, Martial, and then, you know, they were on another pitch. Did you speak to them by any chance, or did you communicate? Nah, it was just more. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's again. It's, I think it's like what people said. You know, you're walking down this road, and people cross the road because you, know, yeah. you don't know how people actually feel about the situation. Everyone thinks different. Yeah. Um. So it was just more of yeah. Hello, we you know we're on this grass, and this is the situation where that we're in and you know you have to try and keep yourself fit because I'll tell you now if you haven't kept yourself fit and you go back into the training we're doing now then you're either going to get injured or you're going to get found out yeah yeah and so from you know I think 
you can see that you had to put the work in. Um, so we're going to scroll, you know, to the beginning of your career, the embryonic um, stages of your journey. <laughs> You're a Manchester boy. Um, yeah. But the question I want to ask you is, um, earlier, um, I think last year, we saw a stat that Man United have named um, an academy graduate for 81 years in a row. Um, what is it about the Man United Academy that makes it, imperative for them to have a homegrown player in their lineup because we've seen Marcus Rashford, we've seen Brandon Williams, Gary Neville, so many. What is it about the academy? So I think that's 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 what excites Listen, I know fans we you know the fans love a big summer signing and, and you know um you know a player from abroad, fancy name he's gonna you know bring um excitement goals like you see Bruno Fernandes now he's come to United and the impact he's made but ultimately I think for for fans to see a homegrown player play you know come through the ranks and know that you know he's a, a Man United fan you know he's he's from Old Trafford he's from Stretford he's from the areas um, he's just probably played on the park with his mates and the kids literally down the road and he could probably see Old Trafford you know, and then to, to nurture them players and that talent uh, into the first team for me, there's no there's no better thing. Yeah, um, there's just no better thing. And like you said, you see it now. You know, you look at Marcus, and you know, I, I remember I did MUTV, and we were talking about um, you know the, a lot of the youth players now that are getting a, a game, and you know, and I think. United maybe not being in the Champions League and playing in the Europa League has actually gave these young players chance to play more games and more minutes because the Champions League such I think such a big competition. Yeah. Um, you know it's it's hard for a manager not to pick his best team, and I think when you when you've got a chance in the Europa League, like no, you know I'm 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 not gonna speak bad on any of the teams that are maybe have played against Man United in the Europa League but it, does, it has gave Oli a chance to give some of these young lads minutes and the more minutes you play the more games you play the more confident you feel and the more you're going to see them progress and I feel like that's what you've been seeing um, lately while Man United have not been in the Champions League and a lot of these kids have been getting a lot of minutes in game time and you know, look at Brandon Williams you know, he's you know playing games in the Europa League, and then he, he feels confident. Next minute, he's you know he's playing against Chelsea. He's getting man of the match. Um, you know, he's giving Luke Shaw a run for his money. Yeah. I think he, he's made Luke Shaw step up his game because I think he was towards the end of this Corona situation. Luke was one of the United's best players, um, and that's because a young lad's come through the ranks. He's confident. He's got game time, and he's showing how good he is. And I said, for me, I think that's why, you know, it's just exciting to see young players come through. And um, I think Man United will always, will always be, like, be like that. And, you know, with a manager like Oli, he, he obviously 100% understands how important that is. Yeah, so before we move on to your career at Man United, obviously, if you want to talk about the here and now, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, he's come under some criticism throughout his time at Manchester United. You know, people have been calling for him to go. People have been calling him a PE teacher. There's been a lot of abuse. So how would you rate his time in charge of Manchester United 
And do you think he's the man to ultimately lead Man United to winning silverware? Yeah, listen, it's that, like, some of them comments I feel disrespectful. <laughs> You're very disrespectful, yeah. No, it's rude, man. <laughs> um, listen, we've had, you know, Man United have had some some of the best managers come in. in they've managed top, top clubs and it's not worked out. Um, and what Oli's had to do is each manager, I feel, is brought in um, their players to play a certain way then you've got the manager brought in his players to play a certain way and I feel like Oli is just needs time to go back to what Man United is about and I think that's what he's been trying to do um, you know and, and, and the signings he's made it's like, you know we go through him you know Aaron um, Basaka um, you know he's, he's done really well to jump from that to a big yeah so Danny What's your view on Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Because there's these whole debates of Wan-Bissaka or Trent. As a specialist at the right-back full position, what's your view on it? Who's better? If you could pick one, who would you pick? This is the thing. I don't think you can pick. Do you know what you do? They're both completely... Danny, you better not sit on the fence. Yeah. I don't If I was a manager mm. and... Um, for certain types of games, I think they both are good for certain teams and certain games. You remember when, like, um, Sir Alex, you know, we'd you know, tough away games, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, he would play Park Ji Sung, you know, he'd play down Fletcher, you know, sometimes it might be defensive, but it worked, you know, and then at home it was about attacking, attacking, because that's what Old Trafford wanted to see attack. Now we all know how Trent, how good Trent is going forward. You know, he's we've seen his how many assists he gets, his delivery on the ball. Um, then you look at Aaron, and no one's getting past him. Mm-hmm. But if you're marking Hazard, who would you rather play against Hazard? You know, away from home. You know, you'd rather play. I'd rather you'd rather play Aaron because you know he's going to lock him down, and that's Chelsea, and that would be at the time, Chelsea's biggest threat. But then no disrespect, if you're playing. I don't know, maybe a, you know, one of my old, Newcastle at home, you know, you're going to play Trent because you're going to have a lot more possession of the ball. Now, I think everyone said, I think um, he's come out, Oli, and Aaron's been working on, you know, his crossing and his final third play, you know, but but that's going to take time because he was playing in a team at Crystal Palace where most of the time they defended and maybe didn't get into them areas as much would do now for Man United, so you know it's it's a, it's a difficult debate. And I said they both got different um, qualities, and you know for for England it's great. You know if if they're both there as two fullbacks in a, in a World Cup, for example, then you've got two complete opposite fullbacks who can um, be strong in different areas. How do you sum up your time at Man United? Because Yes, you played, you know, a few games for the club, but do you almost feel that your pathway was blocked because Gary Neville was so good? Um, see, I I learned a lot from. I based my game on Gary Neville. You know, when I managed to, yeah, saying, um, no, I I learned a lot from from Gary Neville, and the games changed in terms of fullbacks. When I was coming through the ranks, you know, I was watching Gary Neville, Dennis Irwin. 
um, Gabriel Heinz, you know, these were the fullbacks um, that I grew up supporting and watching. And, you know, you know, I was lucky enough to get into the first team squad. Uh, um, and Gary Neville, you know, helped me a lot um, in the time I was there. And, you know, people don't even know this, but even um, sorted out my contract. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. How? Yeah. Basically, we all know Sir Alex that didn't have it. You know, he wasn't a big fan of agents, um, and I didn't have one. Um, and I think I'd just been on loan, and I'd, um, I had a good spell. I came back, um, and and they offered me a contract. And I'd heard, you know, Gary Neville can help with things like that, um, which is just the way he is. Um, yeah, you see him talking about everything nowadays: football, <laughs> politics, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just I spoke to him and I said, "Look, I need help. Um, I, I don't have an agent, and you know this is going to be my first professional contract." Um, and he said, "Don't worry, I'll sort it out." <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he had a few meetings with the manager on his own, and then I remember then he came back change some numbers <laughs> um, and I remember him at the time he was like come on guy he was like come on boss you know Danny's going to be my replacement you know this was his negotiating skills at the time um, yeah and then obviously at the time it weren't even about money but um, you know he was you know he said he sorted that out for me and went on from there but I said I learned a lot from him and the, the game changed but it was two little twins that that that, that Caused me to uh, Rafael Fabio. Yeah. yeah, when they got that work permit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this is long. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. nah, like I said, I enjoy my time, you know, and I wish I played more. But you look back then, you was only allowed five subs. Um, it then it then got changed to seven, and you know, John O'Shea could play everywhere, so he was always going to be a sub. He could centre back, right back, left back. Um, he could play in centre midfield, so it was hard to even get on the bench. And you look at the squad back then that they had, you know, um, and, and I think the season, I remember because I'm good friends with Wes Brown, and Gary Neville was injured. And Wes Brown throughout his career, career had injuries and stuff. And I remember saying to Wes one time, I said, the one season you don't get injured is that season you end up playing 45 games when they won the Champions League against Chelsea. Mm. Um, and he was fantastic. It was probably his best season for Man United, I think. Um, barring when he came through the ranks. Um, but yeah, it was difficult to get in. You know, Owen Agrees at the time could play right back. Um, the obviously guy never was Brown. Um, and then the twins got their permit. Um, and, and, and they you know they burst onto the scene and, and they were both, you know, they were both incredible. And I think that's when we started seeing a different type of fullback. When we had Patrice Evra and Raphael, um, whereas before it was, it was Gary Neville and Heinz or Silvestri even at left back, and I think that's when things started to change. So, what did you actually learn from Alex Ferguson? Because everyone's got different stories. We hear about the hairdryer treatment. So, yeah, what did you learn from him? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he still scares me to this day, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got the hairdryer once as well. That wasn't nice. What <laughs> um, did you do? Uh, so basically, it was, you know, I was in the squad. I was traveling to the game. 
Um, we were playing Everton at home. Um, and I think it was John O'Shea pulled me and said, similar. He said, I think you're playing. And it was like two hours before for, for the kickoff. And I'll be real, the night before the game, I went to bed really late because I thought, ah, oh, I'm not on the bench. That's one thing I learned, not on the bench, you know, I'm not, let alone going to play. You know, Everton at home. Um, I just thought I'm going to travel with the, the team, you know, you know, watch the game and, you know, Man United win, go train the next day. And then, you know, so Alex, he never did his team day before the game. He did it always on the day. Um, and I was in the team. Um, so and he pulls me he says right I think Lescott was playing uh, left back at the time uh, Pina was playing left wing and we had Cahill up front who was scoring a lot of headers yeah they said to me you've got one job stop the crosses um, from that side because Cahill's good in the air right 20 minutes in cross comes in from my side Cahill 1-0 header <laughs> 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 uh, mate, and I just ever since seventy thousand fans, and it, it just I crumbled. I'll be honest with you. And I remember thinking, why didn't I go to bed early? You know, and that's one thing that I always learned is you never know what's going to happen on game day. Even if you're not playing, someone could be ill, and you could get injured in a warm up. And I learned that from that day because I think we came in at one nil half time, and so Alex went mad, hairdryer in my face you're off. I thought my world's over, life's over, you know, I'm never going to play football again. Yeah. Um, you put John O'Shea on and the worst thing is all well, the lads came up to me and patted me on the head as if to say, like, we've all been there. <laughs> and, and that was, um, that was, and then the thing is as well, then you sat in the dressing room the lads go out and if you know Old Trafford, you can't get a shower and come out the tunnel and walk all the way up the side of the pits to join the bench again so I literally just sat in the dress room for the whole of the second half thinking please win um, I think Ronaldo scored two we won 2-1 two, mm. and manager came in after the game went round and well done boys came up to me well done son I was like confused <laughs> <laughs> and then but then again I think from, what, from when I spoke to the older players like Giggsy and that Sometimes, even though he liked to test players and see what they're about, um, you know, he, he knows, he sees you every day on the pitch and what you can do with, you know, your ability. But, you know, he was massive on, you know, how handle things mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, do you go under? Do you, you know, do you rise up? Do you, do you, you know, get on with things? Because if you're playing for a team like Man United, you, you know, you have to be, be mental. Um and I think, yeah, that's, you know, that, that experience alone that I just spoke about was something I always remember and, and took with me through throughout my career is, like I said, be ready um, because you never know what's going to happen. And um, yeah, I made sure after that, no matter what, I was asleep early before. <laughs> 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, that's it, you're, you're done. <laughs> no, you want to wake up, make sure you're ready because you just never know what can, what can happen. And, and there's actually times throughout my career later in the line when, when that has happened and I remember thinking you know I remember once it was 30 minutes before kickoff, Richard Delat Leicester got injured in the warm up I wasn't even on the bench I was in my suit and I got dragged down to similar you playing um, wow. but I was you know from that experience you know I was always 
ready for situations like that. But Nasser Alex, man, he was, he knew everything about everyone, about your family, about, he just knew everything about everyone. And, um, you know, as scary as he was, you know, he was, he was, he was, Kind of like everyone's father figure, and you know, um, he, he, he he's the one that created that that culture and the, and the family vibe, and um, and and was was loyal to people in and around the training ground and the staff, etc. Yeah, so you had some loan spells. You went to Royal Antwerp under you know Warren Joyce, and obviously that partnership lasted for like fifteen years. So it's similar to what we see now with Manchester City and Girona, Chelsea and Vitesse Arnhem. So from a personal standpoint, how was it going abroad to play? Because now we're seeing the fashion happen with players going abroad to Germany, learning their trade and coming back to the Premier League. Yeah, well, you know, back then I think I felt like, you know, when you, when you sign, you're 16, 17 and you sign and you go full time and you look at the pathway into the first team and you looked at the players, Antwerp seemed to be if you get selected to go Antwerp, you're on the right road. Um, I know you start off with the youth cup, etc., and learning, being full-time training, and you know training every day, and you learn a lot. Uh, it's different to just being at school and training at night. Um, but going to Antwerp, if you know you had to get into the reserve team, uh, and then if you can get over to Antwerp and do well there, you normally you came back, and then you was on the first um, on a pre-season tour with the first team. Um, and I remember it was some of my friends, they got selected to go Antwerp. I remember knocking on his office in the bus and saying, and I said, well, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. And, he was, and then he was like, let me think about it. Um, and then eventually he came back to me and said, you know what? Yeah. And I think that's because I shown, you know, like I want to do more. I know this is the, the path and I want to be on it. Um, but yeah, going out there was, you know, you, you had to grow up, you know, you go from living in digs, you know, you're, you're at home, like I said, your family, your friends, then all of a sudden you go over to Belgium and you're walking into a team and it's, you know, you're walking in and you're three or four Man United kids. These, these are grown men. They don't want you to take their place. They don't want you to take yeah. their teammates place. And, and you learn that as you get older and, there was there was some trouble at the start. I'll be honest. A trouble. Um, there was fights. Like you had to man up and stick up for yourself. You know, in training, you know, people were smashing each other. And well, at the end of the day, these are grown men. We're still kids, but yeah. because we've come over and we're saying, "Oh, they're Man United players." We wasn't Man United players. We were trying to be Man United players. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you know we had to learn quickly. Um, and you had to literally grow. up and 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 stick up for yourself or you didn't get no respect and um it wasn't a situation where you you go to a team and you have to earn your place in the team we kind of got given it because obviously say it's a feeder club it's the whole point um but yeah we had to get into a few rooks <laughs> stick up for each other a little bit but then if you, you know the, the the players respected us and they seen the ability and they seen that results started to change and we helped the team um, and but yeah, again, living abroad and you just like I said, just learn a lot about yourselves and being away from home and little things driving on the other side of the road and um, again, starting to learn to cook for yourselves and things. So yeah, we you know I was there for a year and 
for me it was it was you know a massive massive experience growing up and um ready to to try and kick stay in England obviously you had you know a few other loan spells after that you went to Sunderland you know Ipswich you had a spell at Blackburn Rovers and then for me it seems like you kind of found home um, at Newcastle um Newcastle is a team that's you know steeped in history a very similar team to Manchester United they've got passionate fans that you know follow the club all over the country what similarities did you see between the two clubs it was a bit strange for me because obviously you must mention I had a spell at Sunderland so mm. <laughs> there's not many players that have been at Sunderland and Newcastle yeah. <laughs> how was that did they did they look at you funnily after that I think because it was a long spell and it was in and in the time Sunderland were in the championship and I never actually played against Newcastle in a dar before Sunderland. Mm. Um, you know, me and Johnny Evans, we left Antwerp to join Sunderland together. Mm. Um, um Keane as the manager. Um, and I, that felt like it was Man United because we had obviously Roy Keane the manager, there's Dwight York was there. Um, and you know, when you know, we were lucky enough to 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 win the title. Um but then, like you had mentioned, um, Newcastle was, you know, that 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 place is just crazy, man. Like, their fans, like, yeah, you know, they're so passionate. It's their life. You know, you hear it all the time. It is actually their life. Um, and and you hear players who were playing there or you know played there before is a goldfish bowl, and it literally is. And um, if you if 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 you give hundred percent for them, you know they'll they'll love you, and that's all they want to see from the players is is hundred percent and and action. And you know I was fortunate enough to play in a really good Newcastle team. And when I look back, you know since then I don't think there'd been a better time for Newcastle because you know we to to get relegated. I wasn't there, but I signed that summer. Mm. It's tough for teams sometimes to get relegated and. Mm. To, to, to bounce back up straight away. Um and Chris Hutton was 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 amazing. You know, we you know he he got players that he didn't think either A wanted to be there or B um wasn't gonna help. Um he created he kept the players and he created a, a culture and atmosphere. You know, experienced players, Kevin Nolan, Joey Barton, Alan Smith, you know, players that he knew, you know, we could rely on. Um because it was a tough situation at the time for Newcastle and you know to bounce back up the way we did and win the league um it just got the fans you know buzzing again and then back in the premier league you know Chris it didn't work out and then Alan yeah, so Danny how is Chris as a manager because when you hear people talk about him they say he's a man that's got dignity he's an honorable man but you rarely hear people talk about his actual managerial ability so what is it about him that makes him such a good manager. Listen, look for me. Look, look, look at you know. It, it, I don't think Newcastle must have been his first managing managing job to manage such a big club um, like that at such a turmoil time. Um, make decisions on players, bringing players in. Um, you know, pressure on him. You know, Newcastle's a massive club in the championship to get them out of that, that league. And for me, 
you know, he was brilliant, and I, and it's no surprise why he's he's still, you know, gone on and managed other clubs and done well with them, because um, he is a good manager. Um, and again, it was like I said, it was just unfortunate that in the Premier League that season, I feel like as soon as maybe three, four games, I always felt like he was going to go. Um, How did you feel that? I think everyone did. Maybe you know, always he'd, he'd been there as a coach. I don't know. Everyone just felt like you know, maybe Mike Ash at the time, you know, he he's he seen the club going forward in a different route and. I think obviously I think he's grateful to Chris for what he did that season and maybe half a season because I think Alan Pardew came in around December. Yeah. Um, but um, he just obviously didn't feel like he was the was the man to can keep Newcastle, you know, pushing on. Um, you know, and we all love Chris, and respected him, um, especially for me. You know, I I owe him a lot because you know he he brought me there, he gave me a chance and. Um, and, and you know when Newcastle, you know, heard were were, were in for me, you know, going up there playing in front of fifty five. You know, we're in the championship. We're getting forty five thousand fans a week. <laughs> the championship like that says a lot about, you know, Newcastle. Um, so yeah, I owe a lot to Chris for that. And um, I remember actually when we won the league. Um, I don't even know. He still have a number, but I got my number. <laughs> saying like congratulations, I'm so happy for you and. You know, this is God knows how many years on since, you know, we worked together. Um, and I think, again, that shows the, the type of man he was to get my number maybe, what, four years later and, 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 and wish me congratulations. Yeah, so you mentioned Alan Pardew came in. Um, he's a manager in some quarters that polarises opinion. I remember hearing at Palace of him coming into training in a red Ferrari. Not that I think there's anything wrong with that. But how is he? Like, we saw him in the FA Cup final, you know, doing that dance when <laughs> Palace scored. So how is Alan Pardew? <laughs> how is he to work with? Uh, honestly, again, for me, he was great. Um, at the time, I had a few issues after pitch, and, you know, he was he was fantastic. He, 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 he had me in the office, and... He supported his team, supported his players. He was always there for them. Um, I always remember it was a, on a Friday. Um, one of the coaches, if he came in the dressing room and asked to speak to, like, oh, imagine it's uh, Danny, manager, one shot. You walk into his office and you know you're, <laughs> you know, on a Saturday, yeah. But he would tell you on a Friday, this is, I'm dropping you, this is why, you know, get your head around it. You know, I'm not saying this is the end for you, but this is a situation I'm going to go with him tomorrow. And he was just, for me, he was always clear and honest. Um, and sometimes that's all you want to know. You know, if you get dropped from a game, sometimes you don't get told why. And you just get told to get on with it. And I feel like players react and prefer to be told before why. And listen, everyone's different. Every manager's different. They have the different t- tactics, but... He was always honest and clear, and you look at when he came in. You know, I think we finished, you know, around mid-table um, that season, the first year in the Premier League, which which is good going. Then the, people forget about the season after when we finished fifth. What a what a December bar, Papi season. Yeah, ah. finished, oh. finished. People forget that 
we finished fifth in the Premier League in the second season in the Premier League after coming up from the Championship. You know, and the team that we had, you know, Ben Arthur, you know, combined, you know, oh. to you know, bless him and what's happened bless to him. him you know, and, and like you said there, Demba Barb and Papi Cissé scoring crazy goals. and Yeah, magic, that magic. one at Chelsea. Magic that game yes. at Chelsea. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah, Drogba even went over to Pardew and was like, what's going on? How did he do that sort of thing? It was mad though. He was doing that in training. This is the thing. Wow. He, he was taking shots from angles. You're like, you're not going to shoot from there. Look <laughs> 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 the net. <laughs> um... Yeah, he came in and was on fire, and like I said, and Denver was class. You know, I love Denver. You know what a character he was, and the back four was solid. Colaccini was a good leader. Mm. He was good on the ball, read the game well, and just gave you know that composure that we needed at the back. Um, it was him, Steven Taylor. It was me, Jose Miki. You know, we were, you know Tim Cool. You know, it was a good team. Um, and yeah, and. I said to finish fifth that year was I just think didn't ever really, you know, get 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 as much credit as it deserved. And the year after you going into the Europa League, and you know I found this difficult with Leicester. And if you just used to Saturday Saturday in a Premier League, and then all of a sudden you got a midweek European game, it's a completely new you know a new thing for everyone involved. Um, and even that got to the quarter final. Mm. Benfica, League. yeah. Benfica, yeah. I think we needed one more goal at home. Um, you know, when we would have had a semi-final. I think that year Chelsea ended up playing Benfica maybe in the final. Um, yeah, you know, even that. But then we, we suffered in the Premier League because of the Europe, obviously because of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, it was you know I moved on from that point on, and you know they wanted you know they signed Abushi, and it was time to move on. But again, that four years for me, you look at it was. A good three or four years for Newcastle, I think, because it could have gone easy, gone the other way once they got relegated. Definitely. Now, last one um, on Newcastle from me. Um, we had um, John Joe Shelby recently on the podcast, and you know he said, you know, the the takeover needs to happen for the fans because you know this is a city that, you know, once you know they get behind the club, the whole city just rocks. So. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk in regards to this takeover. Do you feel that it needs to happen for the Newcastle faithful as well? Look, I think I think you know it's, it's the you know the Mike Ashley and Newcastle fan situation. It's not going to change, is it? You know, you know, even when when Rafa was the manager, um, it's that unrest. You know, I just don't feel like while there's there's that. You know, animosity there, and you know, and, and uh, lingering around. I don't feel like you're ever going to be in a place to to kick on, because um, you feel it as players. You know, the fans, the fans are getting frustrated. You know, for you know, it's it's, it's, it's you know, I'm not sure how many years you know Mike Ashley and you know the fans, how long that's been now, but maybe it is time. Um, you know, the fans, you know the. The fans don't want to be down fighting relegation every year. Um, you know, we mentioned before about finishing fifth, and you know it's a massive club, fifty or thousand fans, and you know maybe it's time that the takeover happens. And you know, when we see where 
you know, where that takes the club. But again, even if that comes in and this guy's worth billions of pounds, it's still got to be the right planning. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. You're still going to have to have patience. Um, and it's all comes down to the structure. And I feel you look at what Leicester did and that structure that, you know, Vichai, you know, you know bless him as well. Like, you know, you know he, he, he came in and he set that structure, you know, seven years ago when he first took over yeah. and he built it from then in League One. Um, so, yeah, we got to a point where we won the Premier League, but it started, you know, with him and his son top years yeah. and years and years ago and the club was was from top to bottom was was together and was getting built in the right way. Um, and I feel like if the takeover happens, I think Newcastle has got everything there to... to to you know, start from scratch and build a structure and and and, and kick on and and it'll it, it'll take time. Yeah. So after you left um, Newcastle, you had a season at QPR under Harry Redknapp, which ultimately culminated in you know promotion to the Premier League in the playoffs. I think it was a Bobby Zamora goal against Derby that settled it. So then after that, you had the option to. I'm assuming for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you had the option to like maybe stay on, but you decided to move to Leicester. What actually governed that decision? Because it's a big risk, you know. It wasn't an option, I'll tell you that now. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that got made for me. Um, oh. There's people probably don't know. Maybe, I'm not sure if the QPR fans know about this, but you know, I said I played most part of that season, 40 games playoff final Wembley dream of that you know everyone you know it might not be the FA Cup final which everyone dreams of as a kid but still you know Wembley a final it was one of the most nerve-wracking games I've ever played in because you you know the FA Cup final is you're there to win a trophy and a medal but the playoff final it's it's the next 12 months of your life you know getting a, either you're playing in the Premier League or you're back in the Championship and it's one game um and I remember it. I watched it the other day on the clips, and um, we didn't really deserve to go up that day, <laughs> that final that day. You know, we wasn't Derby. You know, we were really good. And like you said, it fell to Bobby, and you know, last minute was one of those moments that stay with you forever. And um, you know, then the few days after that was was really. <laughs> I remember it was 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 good times. And you come back Premier League, you buzz in, and you finally back in the Premier League. Um, great players, great squad, and you know um, we signed Rio. He signed Rio Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was pre-season. I was rooming with him, and um, Harry decided to play free. That we wanted to play free at the back with Rio in the middle of the free yeah. and wing backs. Yeah. Now I'm not really because I'm an old school right back. I'm not really, you know, a wing back so to speak. Um, and one day he just came in listen I've I've had some phone calls from Leicester um, you know I, I think it's time I think you should go wow I was like what hey I don't think he's left on a contract I just played every game <laughs> you know I think I've, I started the first game of, in the Premier League that year as well um, and I, I was like obviously if you hear a manager say that mm-hmm. you know you're thinking right well I'm I'm, I'm, I'm off then I've gone into the dressing room, Charles Mike Phillips, JJ, 
you know, all the boys, Joey, all them, I said, boys, I'm off. <laughs> I'm clearing out my locker. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? It was like, I was like, oh, he just told me he's telling me. They were like, nah, I'm not going to say the words, but now nah, you're chatting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can swear as well, by the way. I'll see you tomorrow, innit? I was like, boys, I'm telling you now, I'm gone. He just told me. I left. Nine o'clock that night, phone call. I fill it bed. Said, we've accepted the offer. You can go tomorrow and do your medical. Never step foot in the training ground and keep driving again. Um, packed up my stuff, put it in my car, drove to Leicester um, to do my medical. Um, and by again, 24 hours later, by eight, nine o'clock that night, I'd signed. Um, just within, honestly, two to three days, just like that, I w- it was it, it gone. It wasn't even like I'd heard for weeks and weeks and weeks. It was literally two, three days and I'd gone. Um, wow. Obviously, now I look back and I'm glad he sold me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I never thanked him because obviously what happened after that. So you know, I'm obviously I'm glad he, he sold me. But at the time, you no, know, I was frustrated because I felt like I was starting something there, and you know we got him out of again. They got relegated, and we got him out of, of the championship, which is difficult to do. Um, and we again experienced players and time to build again, but you know, it wasn't to be. So obviously you then moved to Leicester, um, Nigel Pearson brought you in um, and at the time he was doing a good job but later on in his Leicester career his position became untenable and he lost his job um, and I recall very well um, Van Larry was brought in and a lot of the media were saying what's going on, Leicester brought in a manager that's just lost to, to fishermen. Yeah. Why are you bringing yeah. him in? He's, he's a finished manager. At that current time, what was your feeling towards Claudio Ranieri? Um, that was the, that was it was, it was a strange one for me because I I had um, that summer the club had before he came in the club had said to me, "Oh look, you know, I hadn't played much. Richard Delap was still um, the main right back." Um, you know, the club had said maybe it's time to move on. But as much as the time when uh, QPR had said it, this time I said, nah, I'm not going. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this again. Like, um, you know, I've, I've I maybe only played 15 games that season. When I did play, I'd done well. Yeah. I was like, this time I was like, nah, I'm, fight- I'm, I'm fighting. I ain't leaving. So I said, I don't, I don't care. Like, And a lot of people don't know. So, Ranieri comes in, and I'll tell you something. I'm really good friends with Sean Mike Phillips. And I think, obviously, he worked with him. And he rang me and said, Simo, I've heard that you might be leaving. He said, stick in. He said, stick in till at least January. He said that then, if you don't have any till January, you got the January channel, and then move on. He said, but Claudio will love you. He said, he loves defenders. He said, so... Seriously, get your head down, and I'm, I, I guarantee you'll end up playing. Now, obviously, this is Sean Mike Phillips, you know, a good friend. You know, he's, a, he's you know, he's, he's, you know, for me, he's a legend and what he's done in the game. Um, for the first six weeks, I was in the twenty threes. I was in the kids <laughs> that season that we won the league. Yeah, I'm with the kids. They even train with the boys. 
But I, I, I said, nah, it was, it was time to get my head down. Um, stuff had happened off the pitch. Time to get my head down and, and fight. And then I remember one day, Steve Walsh pulled me and said, Claudio wants to speak to you. I thought, oh, what have I done now? I'm in trouble. Like, what have I done? <laughs> Go to see Claudio. And he said, look, because there was a couple of times I got dropped into the first team sessions. Yeah. And it felt like I was 18 again. You know, running around like a madman, like trying to kick everyone and impress and just, you know, just, it was, it was just, I just remember I felt like a kid again, like trying to get into Man United's team. Um, and then he pulled me in and said, look, you know, I, I like your attitude. And, and it's, for me, this is a big man to say what he said to me. He said, maybe I made a mistake. He said, um, I feel like you could help me this season. Um, he said, keep doing what you're doing and you might get a game. week later, we uh, Leicester lost, I think it was 5-3 to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. That season, and conceded five goals at home. And Leicester actually played well. Um, and following week, I was in the team. <laughs> Started out of nowhere. Um, me, and then it literally went from attacking full-backs. He brought me and Christian Fuchs in. And I never looked back. I played every game since then. And... No, the rest was history, and we went on to obviously win the title. And but it was that again, the first six weeks. You know, people don't really know that's what was happening. But I had to fight and keep my and, and try and get get in the team. And 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 you know, thankfully I, I did decide to stay. And um, because you know that was the best time of my life. Talk talk to us about that title win, because for me that was the most spectacular Premier League victory that we've ever seen. So how how was it? I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> like we didn't. It's weird because we didn't. We didn't speak about it. We didn't. We didn't. Um, oh no, no, later. Sorry to say that. We um. We ever. We didn't ever sit and think. Oh, we're gonna win it. Oh, we can win the league. We were just in our own little like bubble that Claudio created. And it was next game, next game, and we we had we had no fear, we weren't scared of anyone. It was that attitude that we had, and and we the the, the way we played, the plan, the game plan, the players we had, it just worked. <laughs> um, you know, we had I think every single one of us was playing probably the best um, at the time we've ever played in our career, and you know, and when you got in goal team. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a chance <laughs> 12 you know, 13 players he's, he's different mate I've never seen anything like it in my life um, you know and even him at the start as well He, I remember his first game he played left wing and we're like next minute he, he was centre mid and he was just like who is this kid um, and, and, and he was just honestly he's, he was unbelievable and obviously you know whatever else you know Riyad my relationship with Riyad worked and we complimented each other and you know, we got off the pitch and then everyone had relationships and you know me and Wes Morgan like all we did for night in minutes <laughs> like, we just literally honestly we're like best of friends now and we always was then anyway but I mean literally for 90 minutes all we did was scream at each other <laughs> But it was like we wanted to win and we was going to help each other and support each other. And 
I said everyone had their own little relationships and it just worked and you know, to finally do it and you know and, and the way we did and you know to, to all be at Jamie's house that night as well was yeah. you know that was because imagine we all watched it at home that Chelsea game and I don't know it wouldn't have been the same mm-hmm. and you come in the next morning the training ground like oh my god like no but thankfully Jamie sent out a text to everyone and um, you know, a Jamie Vardy party as it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, he sent out a message because the day before we we could have won it at Old Trafford, and we didn't. Um, so he's like, lads, let's get together because you never know. Um, yeah, and that that like that, that that I'll never I'll never forget that night. You know, all together at his house, and you know, and you obviously could probably seen all the the clips. He was in the scenes. It was it was special. Yeah, so um, Danny, like, what was the game during that campaign where you thought, you know what, we can actually do this? Because I remember during the season, a lot of people were saying, you know what, this is going to fall off the wheels very, very soon. But you just kept winning and winning. Then that sort of built like a momentum, especially at the King Power. There was the clappers, the fans were totally at it. So, like, what was the game where you said, you know what, this is possible, you know? Um... There's a couple of moments for me throughout the season. Obviously, the City game. Yeah, away. Yeah. 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 Four one. I think we won three one, and I think we could have won more by more than. And I remember coming in the dressing room. I'm a Man United fan as well, so you know half my half my family is City fans. So I'm like not just buzzing about that anyway. I'm like I'm sat in the dressing room and it was quiet. It was pretty quiet, and everyone was like looking at each other, like, "Have we just done that to Man City?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, on their on their patch, you know, um, we had that we had goal and hoof couple yeah. of headers, um, and I think that was when a little bit we were like, "Hey, we're not a bad team." Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, we and I think that gave us. Bit like the confidence to then go right. We can do if we can do that to Man City. We can do it to anyone. Um, then for me, in personally, I had a blip when we played Arsenal on Valentine's Day. Mm. I got sent off. Yeah, it wasn't a sending off, but I got sent off. And and, and my mate Welbeck comes on. It was like it was written in the stars. He's been injured for God knows how. Yeah. <laughs> was that the two-one game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smashed half the dressing room up. <laughs> I'm feeling so alone. Like we're one nil up, one-one. I'm thinking, please just get a draw. Well, bet comes on, man. <laughs> man, Lightwells comes in. First game back, scores a winner. I the celebration thought, was bad as well. Was that at you? Yeah, like, Simo, look what I've done. <laughs> yeah, I've for weeks. <laughs> um, but nah, like, you know, I, I understand because he'd been injured for so long. He'd come back. Imagine you score a winner. That's a striker. That's what every striker wants to do. But and I remember if we come in and people don't know this. I, obviously, I feel like, oh, it's all my fault, etc. And Claudio came in. And I think the next next week my FA Cup and we wasn't in it and he came in and he said see you next Monday have a week off and we're like hey he said he said forget today it happens I want you to go away he always used to say clear your mind he used to say this all the time <laughs> clear your mind you know don't leave feet and stuff you know <laughs> he comes out of these things he'd say clear your mind and he said 
go home, see your friends, see your family. Whatever you need to do that week, go and do it. Because when we come back next Monday, obviously the FA Cup, get that weekend out of the way and we're going for it. Um, and yeah, we came back in on a Monday. Um, it was a good little break to get away from everyone and come back and, you know, and, and, and we kicked on. And I think for me, talking about what you said, for me, when I thought, it, it, when I really thought we won the league was was the West was the West Ham game. Mm. I know it was right towards the end, but I didn't want to believe I was going to win it because I just didn't want that in my mindset. Um, and I think we we went one nil up. It was Morgan give a penalty away one one. I think we've already got sent off, and we're like we just lost your main man. Um, Cresswell puts one in the top corner. I'm a 2-1 down, minute to go, Schluck gets a penalty and Leo Ejoa puts it away 2-2 and that's when I felt like, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is our time now, even, you know, that is, I think we've won it. So for me, everyone's different. I think you ask other players, um, they talk about a Crystal Palace game and stuff, but for me, that was like my three moments throughout the season, the City, ERS, West Ham game. Simo, obviously that team was, you know, littered with um, top-class talent. I mean, Riyad Mahrez that was, you know, snapping ankles on the wings. <laughs> and Angelo Conte that was covering the whole pitch. Yeah. But the player I want to speak about is Jamie Vardy because this is a guy that's come from non-league and he's become a Premier League winner and an England international. Do you think we will ever see the likes of a Jamie Vardy again? Mm, I hope so. Hope so for English football, and for England. Um, but I don't, I don't think you will. Really? You know that. You know we, we You know he, he he's raw, hmm. and he'd never been coached. He was just raw, and you know, and these young lads now. Listen, it's great the coaches and all that. I get it, but sometimes it can get coached out of you and. He, he 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 was just again, and even now he's still the same player. You know he knows what he's good at, and when he's angry, there's no one better than him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went on that mad run during that season as well. You know we talk about his goals, but well, we forget his tackles. Like he can smash. You know, and when you and you know, and as a in your team. When you see your striker when he gets a little bit mad about maybe a refereeing decision and he's chasing that fullback and he smashes the fullback and he lifts the player, the fans, and then as a midfield and a back four, he just gives you everyone a lift. Um, and he's like, yeah, Vardy's on it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's put, get that ball in behind because he's going to, no matter what, he's winning that ball. Whoever he's racing against, he's going to get it and... You forget he's finishing, mate. You don't. Mm. He doesn't need that many. You don't need many chances. Just wax it in. One man. chance. Yeah, goal. <laughs> it's a goal. It's just that raw talent, and you know, I'm 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 glad I I, I played with him, and um, and I know him, and like I said I'm glad to see that he's still doing it. You know, people talk about his age, and he's still doing it. Maybe he doesn't make as many runs in behind as he used to, but now he's you know he he makes. Um, he's selected and 
you know, he's still scoring loads of goals and he's getting a, he's starting to get a lot of goals in the box now as well. And, you know, it's a credit to, to him and, and what he's done because, you know, what is it? Maybe 100 goals in maybe 200 games or so or something, one in two or something like that. He's a Premier League legend for me. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... So, Danny, um, obviously that led to winning the title and the fans used to sing, we're all going on a European tour, a European tour. You know, yeah. that was reverberating around the stadium. So, bring on next season. You know, you had Porto, Hagen, and another team in your group. And you negotiated that successfully. But yeah. the league form actually dwindled. Yeah. I remember it was the Sevilla game, you know, where Ranieri was given his marching orders. Mm-hmm. Around the media, they were saying, you know, they were calling the King Power Stadium the Player Power Stadium because apparently the players got Claudio Ranieri, Ranieri the sack. You were inside that dressing room. What actually happened and what led to Ranieri's departure? Come on, man. That's, that's a lot of nonsense. You, talk, you know, we're talking about a respectful businessman, respectful owner of multiple, not just owning Leicester, I'm, I'm a successful businessman back home in Thailand. You honestly think he's going to listen to maybe a few players saying we don't like this manager now? Yeah, but Danny, apparently there was rumours coming out that the owners and the management team consulted with a few of the select players, Shemichael, Vardy, yourselves, and you all gave like negative feedback saying, you know what, we're not happy and we feel change is necessary. What happened? No. That 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 story only really came out because he he's been like that from day one when he had when Nigel was the manager, um, you know from day one he 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 always had a good relationship and he was always at the training ground like different to any other chairman I've had, you know where, you know some chairmen I played for that I never even spoke to like, you know and. That was just him. He 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 wanted to create his culture and a family, and and that's why he was so giving. And you know, we'd give things to the fans and free beers and you know, free this. Oh, nuts! Yeah, and and that's him. And you know, and, and with the staff and at the training round, you know, everyone played their part, and that's how he was. And then obviously the players, and he wanted to make sure that we're okay. And there's times where I was going through things and. You know, you know, he stuck by he stuck by other players, and that's just the way he was. His relationship, where I think that's why that came about, because you don't really see that anymore with owners and players, and and like I said, it ain't just players; it was staff. And obviously, I said I said before that season was difficult to get. You know, to go from playing Saturday, Saturday, focusing on, on to now all of a sudden, you've got players that have never really played in the Champions League before. You know, there was a lot of pressure anyway because every weekend I oh, were playing the champions, we're playing the champions. I always go back to that first game against Hull. And that was, you know, your first game back in the season, you lose to Hull, who've just been promoted away. And straight away, that's the negativity just kicked mm. in. And I really feel like I look back, I think if we'd have just won that first game, you know, I swear it's crazy to say but things might have been different but that, that first game we lose to Hull the way we did we were a shadow of ourselves and people start talking about oh they got new contracts they've done this they've done all these things that media does and um, and again I said 
getting used to playing a Saturday, traveling, playing a, uh, in Europe, coming back Friday, Thursday night, uh, Thursday morning, even Wednesday night, getting ready for the next game. You know, that Premier League season, we had a settled team that played the same team every week. And then Claudio, it was new to everyone. We had to rotate. Some people didn't want to play every game. Some people got dropped, you know, and just things just changed. And, and yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it led to him. So were the players unhappy in the changing room around his departure? Because it looked, you know, a bit suspect when I think he was sacked. Then under Shakespeare, you know, you ended up beating a Liverpool and everyone's sort of saying, hang on about, like, what's happening? You've been playing poorly, a new manager comes in, then you're back to normal. You say that, but I'd like to think if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I'm not allowed. But as soon as a new manager comes in, I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten, that team normally then wins. Yeah, but Danny, (laughs) we we spoke to Joe Leonesco and he said players can turn it on like a light. (laughs) You can switch it off and switch it on. So that theory where, you know, you can't, he said that's not true. Players actually can. So is that what happened at Leicester? Nah, the thing is, there was, there was things that, you know, sometimes when you get a bit of unrest in the camera, it's hard, it, it lingers. I can't explain the feeling. So what was the unrest at the time? Because you've obviously cool. left the club now, so obviously you can shed light. What was actually going on in the camp? Maybe the play, like maybe like I said, player rotation. Um, not being used to that. Like I said, people wanted to play Champions League. He was getting dropped. I got dropped for a Champions League, the first Champions League game. I'm fuming. They played. They played Luis Hernandez. I'm sat there thinking, well, I've just you know spent all that season, you know, working my socks off to play in the Champions League, first Champions League game. I'm playing. Mm. <laughs> no. And, and and that was Claudio's way. He, 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 you know, we had to rotate. And um, I feel like, as mentioned before, maybe the only thing that he didn't do, because he never had to do it the season before, when we won the league, he only ever made changes if it was due to suspension or injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one ever had to get pulled to the side and say, this is why I'm not playing you. You know, uh, I feel you're better for this game on Saturday, which is what Sir Alex always did. You always hear the story about what Sir Alex would, would, would speak to Darren Fletcher and say to him, in four games, you're playing. Yeah. You know, and, and little things like that, players just want to know. So I feel like even that example with me, I was I was saying I was pissed off. I'm not playing the first Champions League game in Leicester's history. I was pissed off that Luis Hernandez had just been signed and he's playing Champions League. What? Because he's foreign and he, he might know that... This is what I'm... I'm thinking he's foreign and you think he knows European football better than me. Do you know what I mean? And I think there was there was little, little instances like where maybe he could have, you know, pulled a player to the side and said, this is why I'm not playing you today or tomorrow. It's not for any other reason, um, but be ready for the next game. And I feel like the year before, we never had that. Um, it was, this is your team. We all knew the subs. Even the away teams knew the subs. Mm. You know, we knew that Leo Shinji Okazaki was coming off after 60 minutes. After <laughs> running his socks off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Shinji will give you one hour of, 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 you know, running around like a madman for 60 minutes. <laughs> you know, and then Leo Rajo would come on and give us a different option, mm. you know, and hold it up and flick on for, for, for Jamie. And um, oh, Jeff Shutt would come on 
and the wing and give us more pace and carry the ball and push us up the pitch. Andy King might come on um, and show up the midfield uh, and have three in there, you know, and that was, that was, we knew every week that was the situation. Um, and then I said again, I think the year after, I feel the European thing and maybe some of the signings we made, maybe, don't like to say this because I, like I like the boys. Are you but, talking about Slimani, Napolis yeah. Mendy and... No, no, yeah, mate, what I'm saying is that, that we, maybe there wasn't the signings, they didn't fit in with what we built or created in the dressing room. Like, nothing bad on them as bad people, but, um, you know, we, like I said, we brought in players in for big money and, you know, some man, great character, don't get wrong. <laughs> um, you know, Musa and it just didn't work. You know, Papi Mendy, lovely, lovely lad. Spoke to him yesterday, actually. Um, he, him, he's, you know, him and Johan Ben one rang me. Um, he, he was, he was, I don't know, he just, maybe there's some, the signings, maybe that, that window could have maybe been a little bit different, maybe a bit more British based. I don't know. But, it just didn't. It just it, it, it just didn't click for whatever reason after that window, and and then I feel after that Leicester made the right kind of signings that maybe we should have made at that time. You know, Madison, you know, um, you know Kagler, and Tillemans, you know, and maybe that window when you just won a Premier League could have been a little bit different with the money that that got spent. But I. I recall you getting into a social media spat with um, Jamie Carragher. And, <laughs> I mean, he accused you of being the worst um, Premier League winner of all time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm coming, Sim. I'm coming, I'm coming. I know you want to let off some steam, but I'm coming. Do you almost feel like people have the wrong perception of you because you've had, you know, glamorous partners, you know, ex on the beach model, um, to Lisa Dubs and Dubs yeah <laughs> because when I look at your career you've played over 400 games um, you've got promoted you know three times to the Premier League you've won a Premier League title but then I look at your England career and I see zero caps yeah yeah like listen like you get older you look back and um, it's like you said there's not many players that have Got promoted three times, championship, obviously Premier League, and playing for your boyhood club, um, playing with some of the best players in the world, Ronaldo, Skulls. Um, but yeah, some of that stuff probably does overshadow some of that. And you're young, man, we're all human. You know, I'm not saying if you get with a certain partner, you know, we've seen players get with celebrities and XYZ and. Um, I look back and yeah, it definitely does overshadow it. Some certain incidents and the way I'm viewed, and you know, and yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's it's frustrating, um, and it is it is upsetting. And you know, there's been times I struggled, you know, mentally with certain things, um, but yeah, some of that stuff's been on the front of the papers, and um, you like you said, you forget some of the stuff I have done on the pitch and. Now, the Jamie Carragher thing, to be fair, was a bit of banner. Um, <laughs> mine, he says I'm the worst one. Well, at least I still got that medal. Do you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> no, but no, we, you know, we, you know, me and him, we, you know, we had a bit of banner. I went too far. That's you know, 
publicly and um, but that's just more as well I'm a United fan you know I grew up with this whole hate Liverpool mentality um, and you know he was giving us a bit of stick uh, and, and then one day I seen him in a in an Everton kit and I thought I'm going to give it him so <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah no but no I said the serious note now and the other stuff yeah there's there's, there's, there's been times where I could have made different decisions and um, but young and, and you know there was a time when listen <laughs> sometimes I like to go out <laughs> like oh what of yeah, course I'm going to say as it is you know we're not robots like you know as long as it's the right time um, go out and let, let, let off some steam and um, it's unfortunately for me there was a couple of times I ended up um, in the front of the, the, the paper and that's the price you pay and, 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 and you know now when you know going forward I want to help young kids and I want to give them advice and because there is certain things there is there's ways to do it without the way I did it <laughs> um, and, and you know and give them advice and listen it's football goes like that and you know I want to help some young boys and, 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 and try and explain to it but sometimes when you're young you don't want to listen and, and you think you know best and at certain points in time that, that's, that's what I thought um, but ultimately you ask anyone that ever trained with me played with me they'll say that it don't matter what I gave 100% and it's funny because I was watching the Michael Jordan thing yeah last yeah. dance yeah. And I had a few of the boys messaging me saying, Simo, you're like Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was a compliment or not, but I think one thing that you say there with him, I think they knew he, he, on the pit, on the on the court and with me on the pitch, I'll give 100% for my boys and, and for my team and for the fans and for the manager. And that's one thing I say, regardless of anything else, I can look in the mirror and say, from, from leaving school to today on that pitch, I gave 100% for every team uh, and every teammate and every manager. Yeah, so Danny, obviously your Leicester fairy tale came and obviously when Brendan Rodgers came in, they brought in a fullback, Perea, from um, Porto, I believe. Fortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Brendan Rodgers obviously said you can stay at the club. He's got no issue with that, but you would have to be a number two under yeah. Pereira. So why did you make that decision to leave when initially you had a battle with Claudio Ranieri and you decided to stay and fight. But at this opportunity, you thought, you know what, let me go. Do you know what it is? I felt like I was, I was so used to playing for Leicester every week um, for years. Um, and this little man, Ricardo, who I'm friends with. <laughs> what a player. I'm looking at him and I'm thinking... Mm, it's a bit political still. I can work my absolute bollocks off in training every single day. This guy's going to play. <laughs> you know, and I didn't want to... It's different if you think you're up against a teammate and you think, right, you know, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to show, I'm going to get ahead of him. Um, you know, I was coming up to 30 plus and oh, you love match days you know I love playing and I knew the only way I was going to play is if he got injured 
and you don't want to sit there frustrated. I wouldn't say wishing that someone got injured because you know that, but I knew the only way I was going to play is if he got injured or he was suspended and, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I only spent three or four months with Brendan and I wish I had longer with him because he's, he's one of the best I've worked with and I only worked with him for four months. Wow. Like to that, and that's that's me saying that, and I never really played for him. Wow. You know, so I think that says a lot about what a manager he is, the money he is, you know, his coaching ability, and it's no surprise why Leicester are where they are with with him in charge. Um, you know, I, I hope he stays there, and because I think he's building something really good and. Um, and then you look back and you can see why he did so well with Liverpool. I know the Celtic and people think Celtic's a given, but he still won and he won and he won and he's a winner. And he's got this mentality that I feel like Sir Alex had where you have to win in training every day. He's, if, you, if, if you're not on it in training, he's on you. Um, yeah. And I love that. And literally, he won't let anyone slip. One slips down two, three percent, you're getting pulled. And he's on your case. And <laughs> training, and that's the way he's got to be. And that's why you've seen the, the, the team, obviously, before um, this pandemic, uh, the position that they're in. Um, maybe they fell short towards the end, you know, and man, the, the amount of work that they do put in, maybe sometimes was a bit leggy. Um, but I feel like, you know, with him, him in charge there, the players they've got, you know, they're, they're going to be up there. And uh, I said, it was time for me to play. I want to play on a Saturday. You know, when you come towards the end of your career, you know, you, 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 you. I want to be playing on a Saturday, and um, don't want to finish and being like, oh well, I sat on a bench, I trained for the last couple of years. I didn't want my Leicester time to end sour and end mm. bad. You know, I had an unbelievable time, and there's a time you got to have a chat with yourself and say, listen, it's time to to leave man like Ricardo to it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and yeah, go and just leave. Okay, it's not the Premier League. I wanted it to be the Premier League. It wasn't. But I also had opportunities to go somewhere else. But at the time, I wanted to stay at home in Manchester. Was um, Amiens an option in France? Because there was a lot of talk about that one. Yeah, that got spoke about a lot of places abroad. Turkey. And I just wasn't ready to leave England at the time. And, you know, we've got my little girls in Manchester. And there was a time, mate, where I nearly didn't get signed. Like, you go on so long, you know, when you're a free trans, and then the right-back slots get taken. And um, and then, obviously, there's a few other options I'd said no to. And then Huddersfield came up and, you know, they were in a situation. And, again, it was, another, it was a different kind of test. The bottom of the league, 10 points off the bottom. Uh, I've got a lot of friends there, Fraser Campbell, you know, yeah. there and um, spoke to the manager, up and coming manager. Cowley's, yeah. Yeah, who, who, who want to go as high up in the game as, as, as they can and, you know, they're passionate and they're really good and I think they will. Um, so it was an opportunity to walk into a dressing room now as a senior player. Yeah. We brought in Newcastle, I had Joey Barton, Alan Smith, Kevin Nolan, QPR, Again, Joey Barton, Richard Dunn, Bobby Zamo, you know, and then I've now Leicester. I kind of we were all together, kind of thing, and then I've walked, and then for me to walk into Huddersfield as a senior player and and try and help and give my experience, 
and help the team, help the players. Because at the time, you imagine you've just been relegated with the lowest points ever. You go to the championship, you lose your first eight games. I walked into her dressing room, which was flat. Fractured. Yeah. Gone, like mentally yeah. gone. And I try my best to, keep, you know, bring my experience, get them going, you know, you know, even little, you know, right, lads, let's get together, we'll have a drink. And I'm going back to that. But, you know, they needed, you know, pulling together again. I could see it. And, you know, we got we got going. And, and I said, I think the first seven, eight games, we didn't lose. And I started playing. And, um, and then, you know, it was up and down. But, yeah, no, it's been a different kind of challenge that I've, I've enjoyed, if I'm honest. And um, I'm not sure what's happening next season, but we'll, I'm going you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look at everything and, and see yeah Danny time has defeated us you know we could go on for another two hours there's so many more questions that I wanted to ask you but maybe we'll do a part two because some of the insight you were providing was just top 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 level and yeah we definitely need to do this again and yeah, Danny, yeah. I just want to say, like, love for supporting the platform and what you said about, you know, trying to give back to youngsters really touched us, man, because people like you coming on, you know, sharing your stories, it means the world to us, bro. So big up yourself. No, listen, like, keep doing what you're doing. Like you said about the youth, especially now, generation football's in. We're going to be relying on youth now. I think the, the game's changed. You know, there's going to be less money now and it might help us, you know, with... with you know, bringing more players through the ranks and and helping them because these young lads do need help now with social media and all these things. And um, so, yeah, no, I keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for having me on. And like I said, hopefully we'll do part two sometime. Definitely love. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on our Twitter at podcast or TBG, the Beautiful Game Podcast. We're also on Instagram at pod underscore tbg and we're also on youtube the beautiful game podcast so thank you very much danny over and out mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.